welcome to the Apex Church Podcast. Thanks for listening and we hope you enjoyed today's message. Be sure to check out our website at www.apexchurch.org.uk and let us know you've been listening. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Good morning. It's so good to be with you again. I'm delighted to be continuing our series called Lookout. I've really enjoyed this series so far, and I hope you have as well. As we've really looked outward focused, and we've looked at how we can be used by God to reach other people in our community. I loved how Pastor Neil came last week and inspired us to and reminded us of the words of Jesus to let our light shine before others. I wonder, do you have heroes? People who you've always admired? People who you maybe even have aspired to be like? Are there people that you maybe know personally or maybe from afar you've watched their lives and you've wondered, I'd love to be like them or I'd love to achieve what they've achieved or, or maybe you've actually asked, I'd... I'd love for God to use me just like God has used them. Well, you know the good news is, is that God wants to use you. In fact, he wants to work through you to reach the people in your neighborhood, in your community, in your family, and in your place of work. He's looking for you to be open and willing for him to work in and through you every single day. And you maybe think of these heroes of the faith, people that you've admired, and you think, well, how can, it just seems so easy for them, and well, if only I was more like them, and how is God going to use me? And you maybe look at yourself and think that you haven't got much to bring to the table. You maybe look on yourself and think that you've got limitations and all you see is all the reasons why God couldn't use you. But the reality is, is with all that going on, God can take your ordinary and do extraordinary things in and through you. That, that's what I want to talk to you about today, about how God helps us, works through us, so that we can accomplish the purpose and the plan that he has for us, that we can play our part in his great mission to reach people and see them added into the kingdom of God. If you have a Bible at home, I'd love for you to to read me this short passage that we find in the book of Acts in chapter 1. This is a point in the story where Jesus is risen from the dead and he has appeared to his disciples and for the period of a 40 days, he, he meets up with his disciples at different points and he reveals to them his true identity and he talks to them about the kingdom of God and how the Spirit of God was going to help them to complete and carry on the work that Jesus left for them to do. You see, Jesus didn't leave us alone to try and figure out what to do next. No, he promised that he would give to us the Holy Spirit that would empower us and help us to carry out that mission. 
These disciples, who at this point were still trying to get their head round what had just happened, they were fearful for their lives. But they had one experience that totally transformed them from being fearful to fearless. These ordinary people became extraordinary because of what we're going to learn about today. Read with me from verse 4 of chapter 1 in the book of Acts. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speaking about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they, get, they gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you going, uh, at this time, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel, he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and to the ends of the earth. After he'd said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, and when, he suddenly, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Jesus gives them an instruction to head to Jerusalem and to wait there until they receive the power of the Holy Spirit, which he promised them. Way back at the start of Jesus' earthly ministry, he is baptized in the River Jordan by John the Baptist. And as he comes out of the water, the, the Bible tells us that a dove descends upon him. And we know this is a picture of the Holy Spirit. But also a voice came from heaven which said, This is my son whom I love and whom I am well pleased. Right at the start of Jesus' earthly ministry, the Holy Spirit descends upon him and commences his work here on earth. It was at this point that Jesus started his public ministry. And then we fast forward to this moment where Jesus is talking to his disciples, those who would be part of the first members of the church, and he gave them this command. You will receive when the Holy power, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea Samaria and to the ends of the earth. See, in the book of Acts, we, we read in the next chapter about a very significant moment that we know as the day of Pentecost. And after a time of waiting and seeking God in prayer, at the right time, the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit descended upon everyone who was in that room. The Bible describes there was a mighty rushing wind and there were, not doves this time, but 
tongues of fire above every person's head. And they spoke in a language that they did not understand. And they received a power that made these fearless people, fearful people, fearless. That allowed them to be witnesses to what God had done for them and to show people who they came into contact with but what God could do for them. And it's at this moment that the church begins its ministry. It's at this moment when God says, now is the time for the church to begin to bring my power to the people. Now is the time for my disciples to be empowered to be my witnesses, to bring more people into the kingdom. And he didn't leave them to do it by themselves. No, he promised that he would give us the power of the Holy Spirit. But he gave us that for a purpose. And I want to talk to you today about your purpose. The purpose for the Spirit of God in your life. What is the work of the Spirit? What does the Holy Spirit do for us? Well, the Spirit of God is given to every believer to equip us to do God's work, to be his witnesses, to show others what God has done for us and can do for them. And as I've said at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was made available to all who have faith in Jesus. And let's be clear, first and foremost, you receive the Holy Spirit at salvation. That's what marks the start of your experience, your Christian experience. When you in Jesus Christ, you invite him to come and live in your heart, and that is the Spirit of God resides within you. It's the Spirit of God that gives us the power to live this new life. That we're not just living to our natural desires and what seems good to us, but the Spirit within us gives us that desire to live the life that God wants for us. But thirdly, there is a power within us that when we realize it, when we allow it to move in our being, that we are empowered to do extraordinary things for God. You see, these people gathered together, and they were ordinary disciples, ordinary people, but they were never the same. The Bible tells us that they received a boldness, an authority that they didn't have previously, that they had insight and wisdom, that they could do signs and wonders. When Jesus is baptized in that moment at the start of his earthly ministry, that's when he started to do the healings, the miracles, the signs, and the wonders. And after this experience with the earliest believers, they were empowered to do great exploits for God. And you know, you need that power as well. If we are going to be effective in our community, and if God is going to work through us, we aren't going to be able to do it in our own strength. We need his power to work in and through us every single day. And if you believe in Jesus, then the Spirit is within you. But I want to encourage you to be open to all that the Spirit of God wants to do in and through you in your life. Let me tell you about two of my heroes. Two ordinary men that did extraordinary things for God. They were people who looked out and could see the great need that there was for people in their locality and beyond that needed 
to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And the first hero is someone by the name of D.L. Moody. I mentioned him in the last sermon that we spoke here about how he prayed for a hundred friends during his lifetime. Ninety-six came to faith during his life, and the other four came to faith at his funeral. But he was an ordinary guy. He was a shoe salesman, but had a radical salvation experience. And early in his Christian journey, he knew that he had a burden to serve God, and he had a passion to win people for the Lord. But he also had a great desire and had a great longing to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. See, Moody went on to be a great evangelist and preached in many different crusades in America and in Europe. But there was a significant moment in his life where everything changed. See, he'd been serving in Chicago, and in that time there was a great fire in Chicago, and it burned down their activities and he went out to the east of America to Philadelphia and New York and was trying to raise funds to rebuild their Sunday school back in Chicago and he was at a low point in life because they were desperate they needed God to come through for them God brought him to a place where he was totally dependent on God a place of complete surrender and he tells of a day as he's walking through New York, up Fifth Avenue and Broadway, where he just felt so overcome and overwhelmed. And he knew that he needed to get alone with God. He heads to his friend's home, and the words he used to describe this experience was that the room was ablaze with God. D.L. Moody was never the same after that day. See, when he went back to preach, when before maybe only a few people responded, now there was great interest and many people came forward. It was at this point that his life went from ordinary to extraordinary because he had an encounter with the Holy Spirit and he was never the same again. See, this is the moment that God brought him to a place where he realized in himself he could do so little. But with God's power working in and through him, he could do extraordinary. I wonder you're maybe watching me today and, and you're a believer and you want God to use you and you just see all the limitations and all the difficulties. Maybe God's bringing you to a place where you just totally surrender to him and allow him to work in and through you by the power of his spirit. Let me tell you about one of my other heroes. And this guy's a lot more local. His name is Job Throop. He was an evangelist that God used 100 years ago in a mighty way in the communities in the northeast of Scotland and beyond. See, 100 years ago, uh, Jock was a cooper. He made the barrels that we put the herring into to ship all around the world. He got saved. He was tremendously saved. And he had a burning passion within him to reach other people with the good news. And in 1921, whilst he was in Yarmouth, where the fishing fleet at the time was, at weekends when the weather was bad, he was preaching on the streets and in churches. And people were giving their lives to Jesus. And as he was there, 
he really sensed that, there, that God was calling him back up to the northeast. In fact, in prayer one time, he had a vision of someone on their knees praying to God and asking God to send Jock Troop to Fraserburgh. So Jock made the decision to pack up all his tools, send them home, and got on the train and headed north to Fraserburgh. Story goes that as he's on that train, uh, he was evangelizing and telling people about Jesus all the way up to Fraserburgh. And before he even got the crew, the whole carriage had given their life to Jesus. And eventually, he lands in Fraserburgh, gets off the train, and speaks to a few people in the town center, begins to preach. But the rain comes on and says, look, is there somewhere we can go? I can continue my message and we can gather together. And someone in that crowd says, well, I think there's a meeting happening up at the Fraserburgh Baptist Church. Let's go there. So they get up there and it was actually a deacon's meeting that was happening. And they knock on the door and ask if they can come in. And the deacons agree, yeah, come in, continue your service. And his jog is up there in the pulpit preaching. He looks out and he sees the man from his vision. The man who was on his knees praying. See, the meeting that was taking place that night was a deacon's meeting where they'd gathered together to write a letter inviting Jock Troop to come to Fraserburgh to preach. Jock had an incredible success. God used him mightily in Fraserburgh and the surrounding area. They outgrew the Baptist church. They went to the next biggest church and finally they got into the biggest church in town. It was an amazing time in our corner. Such a, a desire for people to get right with God. And Jock went on and he did amazing things in Glasgow through the tent hall, served the poor, great gospel campaigns in America and preaches the gospel out there. And God uses him until his very last breath. In Spokane, Washington, he gets up and he reads his scripture for his message. And God called him home at that moment. He read out John 3.16 and God called him home in the pulpit and he was laid to rest in Spokane. He gave his life and God used him mightily. But it was in 1920 that something very significant happened to Jock Troop. See, Jock had a heart for God and he was in Aberdeen and he was desperate to receive a uh, uh, baptism of service, that's what he called it. He knew that he needed the Holy Spirit's power to enable him to do all that God had called him to do. And whilst in Aberdeen, at a service in the Fisherman's Mission, he had to leave the service and he heads up the side of that building and he is so overcome that he had to ask God to stay his hand really similar experience to what D.L. Moody had. And at the end of his life, Mrs. Troop reflects on that experience that the Jock never spoke about often, but she looked to that as the secret power of his ministry. You know, one of Jock's favorite scriptures was, that he would quote often, it's actually found in Acts 1, verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, 
in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You maybe think of these people as mighty men that God used, but these were just ordinary people that made themselves available, that realized that in themselves they were limited, but with God they could do so much. And they were all in their place. So I love how Jesus says to them that they would be witnesses in Jerusalem, first and foremost. But then they would move out into Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And thank God they did. Because us and Peter Head, and wherever you're watching me today, we have benefited from that. But what about your place? God has positioned you where you are to be his witness. What about Peter Head? What about the Northeast? What about Scotland? What about Great Britain? If we are going to see a turnaround, if we are going to see people that we love brought in to God's family, if we are going to see our community flipped upside down, if we are going to see that, then we are going to need the power of the Holy Spirit. We ain't going to be able to do that by ourselves. But the good news is, is that God wants you to receive his power so that you can be an effective witness for him. See, the good news hasn't reached its final destination. There are still more. There are still more people. There are still more people in your family. There's maybe you watching me today and you've yet to receive the salvation that Jesus came to bring for you, then this could be your moment. I wonder, you're watching me right now, and you've listened to the stories of the heroes I've talked to you about today, and you've heard about the power of the Spirit, but I've told you that that, that begins with you starting out a relationship with Jesus. See, Jesus came to earth with a specific goal and purpose that at the end of his life, he would lay down his life. He would take your place upon the cross. He would take the punishment that you deserve for your sins. He would pay the penalty for your sins so that when you put your faith in Jesus and ask him to forgive you of your sins, God promises to do that and give you a completely new start but he also puts his spirit within you. And it marks you out as different from everybody else who doesn't have faith in Jesus. And it's his spirit that is within you that makes you into a new person, changes your desires. And now the only thing that satisfies is Jesus. And you maybe watch me today and you've never started that journey. You've never asked Jesus to be your Lord, you've never asked him to forgive you, I want to give you that opportunity right now. And it really begins with a sincere prayer like this. Dear Lord Jesus, I recognize that I'm a sinner and I realize that you are my savior. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I confess my sin. I repent of my old way of life. I ask you to make me a new person by the power of your spirit and I also ask you to empower me with your spirit to live the life that you have for me in Jesus name amen now if you prayed that prayer please reach out to us I want to connect with you and I want to help you 
on your journey with Jesus. But friend, you're watching me, you're a person of faith. And there have been some incredible people that have done great exploits in our town, in our area. I'm thinking of James Turner. I'm thinking of David Corner. I'm thinking of Simon Cameron. I'm thinking of people that were totally surrendered, gave their all to Jesus, and allowed the Spirit of God to empower them so that when we look out and we see the great need, we don't feel helpless because we know there is a helper that is working through us, empowering us to be his witnesses. So I wonder as we go into a new week, I want to pray for you. God will baptize you afresh with his power to make you an effective witness for the people in your world, in your place. Your loved ones, workmates, school friends, neighbors. And God's going to use you to reach them for his kingdom. Holy Spirit, I ask you, that each one who's watching me right now, that you would baptize them afresh with your power, equipping and enabling them to be effective witnesses for you, that they will let their light shine, that they will be people that shed, spread the good news of what you have done for them. And Lord, I pray that you would give them that boldness, that authority, that insight that you promised to give us so that we can bring glory to you. In Jesus' name I pray. 